podcast justin bedford alongside noah russo how you doing this week buddy i am well how are you doing all right doing all right busy week family day today recording on the monday yeah Uh, but yeah i think it's president's day in the u.s it is i heard that on the broadcast today yeah yeah Yeah. it's and we don't have a president so no no big fan who's your favorite president all time think it'd have to be teddy roosevelt just because like he was the first one that like i really like i don't know that marked me and i'm saying what this purely... you weren't around wait, wait, just wait i'm saying this purely because of his role in uh night at the museum yeah that's a good pick that's the only reason yeah no i mean yeah, they're all, like, he was on the horse and like he did that thing and Oh, and Robin Williams played him, and we like Robin Williams. Dead, but we still like him. All right. Didn't need pointing yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, all right. Well, Teddy Roosevelt is also dead, I think. Okay, sweet. Good connection. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Quick solid, solid pick, yeah. What about you? Favorite president? Oh, she's tough, though, because, like, you, you picked a good one, because, like, a lot of them could be, like, really controversial, right? <laughs> People either, like, you know, and it's, like, it's, you know, it's not my country. It doesn't feel, you know, right to weigh in. I mean, <laughs> I feel like uh, a lot of people like Lincoln. Penny, <laughs> so, go with him. That's a good one. You know, he's very quotable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Had the hat. I, I, hat. I, I love hats, so it's good. There's lots like there. Um, but, yeah, so happy President's Day to everyone in the U.S. <laughs> and happy Family Day to everyone listening in in Canada. Except um, in Quebec. Isn't, you guys don't have... Canada? No, they don't. I hope you guys had fun at work. What? They don't. What? what? They just don't. All right. Well, that's... It's very French of them. Yeah. Uh, no disrespect to the French, obviously. I mean, you're French. So None whatsoever. No, it's like... Because they can say, like, they have, they have a lot of stuff different. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, other than that, uh, we haven't done an episode in a couple weeks here, so we got lots of stuff happening around the league that we can talk about. <clears throat> but obviously, we started with the Panthers over this uh, last little stretch, which I would describe since we last recorded. It's been two weeks, kind of up and down. I mean, you know, they've, they've lost some games you'd probably want them to, to win. They've allowed a lot of goals lately. Goaltending has not been great. Um, but overall, like it's, they're somehow still in the mix, which is good. Well, that's, that's what you got to remember. And like, they're, they're playing just above 500 in the past, like what, five games or so. Um, so it's terrible. 
Yeah, it's tough because it's like they've had some a couple games where, like they've gotten good results against weaker teams where you expect them to get a win. I know we both watched like the Anaheim game today. Obviously, it took them to overtime, right? Um, overall, like they played well. They should have won that game. At least they did get the win. They didn't drop a point there. Um, and then they've pretty much lost games you'd expect them to lose. Like, and then they've lost kind of coin flip games too. Like the Blues game, poor showing there. Nashville, horrendous game. Couldn't get a save. Couldn't find a way to score. I mean, Kevin Lankinen was in the other net. Uh, Minnesota, I think, is a good win. Capitals, I think, is probably their biggest win of the last stretch. Just because yeah. a team competing for that spot. Uh, same as them. So anytime you can get a win over teams in that mix. So I'd say it's not been a great stretch for the Panthers, but it's not been detrimental to the point where you're no. thinking, all right, well, there's their playoff chance. It's done. They do. Right. Like they're sitting in the wild card spot, but a lot of teams have a lot of games in hand on them. Right. And like the games in hand are going to hurt. They're, they are five and three since the all strike break. Like that's probably like if they could keep that pace up for the rest of the season, I think they'd make the playoffs. Yeah. Like I, I think it'd be close, but I think they'd make it. Um that being said, should they end up in a wild card spot, you're looking at let's face it, Boston or Caroline. I don't fear Boston. I don't fear them. Beat them twice. They should yeah, be worried. I, yeah, I, see I Boston, by the way, who won today and became the fastest team to reach the 90-point plateau since the 79-80 Flyers. I'm just not impressed by it, though. They still have a single-digit number of regulation losses. Doesn't impress me, Noah. Doesn't impress you? No. You can't... They've been around over like they've been around like what a hundred years, and you're setting records for your franchise now and stuff. They've had the most. I don't know if it's game. a franchise record. I'm just saying it's the fastest since then. It probably is though, right? Well, I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, they've had a lot of opportunity. They're good, but I don't think that's that bad. Um, to me, like you, you want them to get in, right? Obviously, it's gonna be if they get in, it's gonna be in one of those wild card spots. It's gonna be a tough matchup, uh, in the first round. Yeah, the east the east is already set up top. Yeah, it's pretty it's looking pretty set. Everyone's kind of fighting for the wild card spots, and there's a lot of teams in the mix for those spots. Yeah, which is going to be it'll be very interesting for towards the end of the season to see which teams can get in. Um, I think if the Panthers are going to be one of those teams, number one, they got to get some consistent goaltending. Which, based on just, you know, we'll talk about some trade stuff later, but it looks like it's got to be one of the two guys they have or even uh Alex Lyon. Somebody's got to give them some consistency in net, which they just haven't got lately. And then also the defense in front of them. You can't I don't think you can be a playoff team with the defense they've been playing. No, I, I don't think so either. And that, like we saw it last year. The Panthers they tried to outscore their opponent in the playoffs and win that way. And it just it does not work. No, no. Like I and think... with with a defensive like core that's even worse than last year. I don't think there's any expectation that should they make the playoffs, 
they go anywhere. They go anywhere. No, but you'd still like to, like, I, I do, like, they've changed the way they're kind of built in the offseason, right? They've added a lot of grittiness, more toughness throughout the lineup. They've lost a lot of depth. Um, I don't think the toughness is necessarily a bad thing, and I do think it'll help them come playoff time. But it's really tough to with the way some players play. Like, there's just guys in the lineup right now that I think on most playoff teams aren't NHL regulars that are playing every single game for the Panthers, especially on that back end. One player in particular did score today. Won't say who. Mark Stahl. Yeah. He's got got two goals lately. So give him that. And it's it's so weird because, like, it's it's quite, I don't know if rare is the, like, the difference between the best player on your team, or let's call them the best two players on your team, and Kachuk and Barkov, yeah. the worst players on your team that like it is like i wonder if it's not the biggest gap in the nhl right now it's got to be up there right it's got to be like, close i i like just trying to look at other other franchises that are kind of at the bottom and that might be more that tend to have worse players on their roster right now there's no other team that really has two players as good as Barkov and Kachuk, I don't think. Yeah, like I, I would agree with you, right? Like, like, I, like the, the only one that comes to mind would be maybe like if you really wanted to throw Columbus with Goudreau and Line on his best night. No, because I think even then, like they're, they're just not anywhere close to the level of the top guys on the Panthers. Right. Um, And like to me, at yeah, the bottom of the lineup, the depth is what's costing the games. Like, I think you look at Mark Stahl, I think he was out there for both the first two goals Anaheim scored today, right? Mm-hmm. And they weren't great plays by him. Like, the foot speed's a huge issue, right? And it's not his fault. It's just time. And that's you know, kind of always been a thing, right? It's never been fast. But it's showing. And It's it, showing, and he plays over 20 minutes per game. Yeah, like you can't tell me you you're gonna make the playoffs with Mark Stahl playing twenty minutes a night. I I I find it very hard to believe a scenario, and I I I don't know, like I don't know if this is an injury thing, but I I I, I find it hard to see a scenario in which you you don't play Josh Mahura much closer to twenty minutes than Mark Stahl. Mahura, for the record, had 13 minutes tonight. Yeah, also got extended, by the way, which is yes. one-year extension, which I think is great. I like Josh Mahura. I like what he brings on that back end in terms of his mobility, so I like that extension. Actually, um, Mark Stahl played more than Aaron Ekblad tonight, today. Yeah, like, I watch you watch him out on, like, the penalty kill and stuff, and it's like, uh, what? Like, what? Like, I don't know if this is this is... Maurice and Zito telling themselves, hey, like, we're just, let's just not make the playoffs. Let's not get Ekblad injured again. Or I don't know what, what it is. Yeah. But, but like, you got, like, you, if you're trying to make the playoffs, you got to play your best players. Exactly. By the way, uh, Brayden Montour was the most used defenseman for the Panthers. And I think that's, that's quite all right. That's fine. Yeah. Like, really, see, as long as, like, your top three in ice time should in any world be Ekblad. Forsling and Montour in some order. Right? Yeah. 
And like it was it, Montour, Forsling, then Stahl. Yeah. Like, no. Well, I guess, like, to kill penalties, but Blackbot did take a penalty, didn't he? Now that I'm thinking about it. Still. Uh, still. Still. Yes, he did. Still shouldn't matter. Um, But, yeah, to me, it's crazy the amount they play Mark Stahl. Eric Stahl, though, by the way, very good. Had a goal disallowed today for goalie interference. I saw that. Do you like the call? It's hard to argue. Yeah, I was really. Uh, it's one of those ones like, yeah, you know. Yeah. He 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 did, in yeah. fact, interfere with the goalie. So you know, uh, you but still, you, you, you know, he picked up one, and then Mark tied the game at two, and then like it's it's good to see them produce, but like you can't help but feel that if if you had marginal players, like I don't know, it's just it's frustrating. Because you know, yeah. you know, there's you can't play anybody else. There, there's nobody else in the organization. No, Eric Stahl, though. By the way, we we I think we mentioned it before more goals than Jonathan Huberdeau now. Oh, I did not realize that. No, the Flames, he, by the way, lost today. I did watch to, that game as well today. The Philadelphia too. Flyers. Yeah, the Philadelphia Flyers. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you know, now that you've brought uh, that yeah, up, I, was, I, was, I was trying to figure out if you wanted to talk about this no, now no. or later. Well, it's really tough. I, like, there was, no, we'll talk about it now. There was one other thing I wanted to talk about with regards to the Panthers, but we should talk about the Alan Walsh tweet that he sent out the other day, which we've talked a lot about Alan Walsh on here. Obviously, the agent for Jonathan Huberto, as well as many other NHL players. He is, he's, not, he's not a quiet guy, you know? He makes his presence known, very active on social media, very passionate um very you know really likes to defend his clients well known for the Jonathan or not for the Mark Andre Fleury photo he tweeted out getting stabbed by Pete DeBoer um which was just fantastic um the other day as I'm sure many of you know he tweeted out the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result also negativity sucks the joy right out of players and then he has tagged the Calgary Flames. Now, I think it's not a direct shot at the Flames, but it like pretty much is. How is that not a direct shot? Yeah, he I mean, tagged them. He, he tagged he them. There's no names being mentioned, you know. He didn't outright say, you know, what was going on. He beat around the bush a little, you know, a <laughs> little stuff. I think that's Alan Walsh being subtle. I think well, that's what he to would be fair. Though. To be fair, compared to his previous work, I suppose that could be interpreted as subtle. Yeah, like when you compare it to the the flurry of photo, it's it's quite subtle, actually, right? Yeah. Right, like you have to think about it. Um, but obviously, very much referencing um the Calgary Flame. Obviously, Daryl Sutter, their coach, known for being a tough coach. Jonathan Huberto, in his first season there, he still had this is his last season before his big long term extension kicks in with the Flames. Um, eight year deal, over 10 million. And he seems to be implying that there's a lot of negative energy going on in that locker room and that maybe the players have tuned out the coach. What are your thoughts on the whole situation? I like, I do think that. He must have 
Huberto must have mentioned something to Walt. Huberto, uh, right? I like Huberto, I, I, Huberto I heard did say a, my, like Bieksa, Bieksa and Friedman were arguing about this last night on Sportsnet, or maybe it was Saturday night. I can't remember. Um, it was probably Saturday night. Um, like Bieksa was, Friedman was arguing that they must like Huberto must have mentioned something to Walsh. Yeah, I feel like yeah. But I don't believe for a second that Huberto would have signed off on that. No, I don't think John, John Huberto said, yo, Alan, tweet this. It's a great idea. Yo, this is going to fix it, right? This they is... won the next game, by the way, against the Rangers in overtime. Great win for them. And then they followed it up. Pretty sure they were up 2 nothing, and it ended <clears> up getting uh, um, the Rangers that ended up coming back and making it 2-2. Yeah. So I guess, you know, it did have some effect. Um, yeah, it's really tough because, like, obviously, like, I like the Jonathan Huberto trade for the Panthers, right? Because they got Matthew Kachuk, and I think, especially looking at it right now, it looks like a great deal for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you like, Jonathan Huberto was with the Panthers for a long time, his whole career up till, you know, this offseason. And you still kind of want to root for the guy, right? And oh, he's had a 100%. tough time though in Calgary. It has not been easy, and like part, like part of it is without a doubt playing for Daryl Sutter. Like the 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 structure or lack thereof that Huberto was accustomed to in Florida, especially in that last year under Andrew Brunette, was much much different. From the structure that Daryl Sutter has and his coaching style with the Flames. Yeah. It's it's a like much different and like and I've said this before is Huberto will probably never play with the will probably never play with a player as good as Alexander Barkov. Even though he did play like his last couple like he played with Bennett mostly. Yeah. And I, but, but I, like it, on the power play and all that stuff, yeah. like, and to me, like, like John Huber, amazing offensive talent, right? He thrives when he's like Daryl Sutter's style of hockey is too, you know, you got to be good offensively, good defensively, and you have to be good along the walls. Yeah, that doesn't suit Jonathan Huber though at all, right? He's not mm-hmm. the best player along the wall. He's not the you know the hardest worker defensively, right? But he brings a lot of creativity offensively. And he likes playing that kind of free-flowing style of hockey the Panthers played. And that isn't what Calgary does. And that's not going to work in Daryl Sutter's system. And I think it was apparent, like, even before the season, that it was going to be an adjustment period for both the player and the coach and the team. But, I mean, right now, we talked about earlier, John Huberto, 10 goals, 38 points in 54 games. Well off where he was the last couple of seasons with the Panthers. But if you're the Flames, what do you do? I I'm they I I the, my solution isn't to fi- to fire Sutter to be honest. Well, and they like just it's, before like last season, I think Sutter signed a, an extension. In a pretty ironclad one, to be honest, like they were going to be paying him for a while for not doing anything if they fire him. Yeah, I thought it was like a five year deal off the top of my head. I could be wrong. It was at least three. Uh, I I thought it was but, four, but, but 
but the the flames and like I live in Calgary and like I I see and I'm exposed to a lot of flames stuff. Um, you're from Calgary, obviously. Like you, you, you know them. Like I I think it starts with like you've got to like, and it's a ve- it's funny because it's a very very similar issue to the Panthers. They need goalie consistency, and it's cl- they clearly have not found that that in Jacob Markstrom since the second round of the playoffs last year. He he has looked like he was so good last year in the regular season. He was. He was and, a Vezina cont- like a legitimate Vezina contender. And since that series, he has been average at best. Average. And meanwhile, you you've got Dan Vladar who like I think Dan Vladar is the man. Some pretty good hockey as of late and they're just not playing him. I it's it's like it's one of the situations kind of like what the Panthers find themselves in. It's where it's like you you're playing the guy who's making the most as opposed to playing the guy who's playing the best because you just kind of have to, right? Exactly. Like you're playing the guy like that that you like you just you don't want to look stupid, I guess. Yeah, like you you like yeah, definitely. You don't want you right you don't want like I don't know if this is the right like way to like see it, but like it, it's almost as if you're embarrassed to start Vladar over Markstrom. Yeah. And I like to me that that's like the first thing that the flames have to do is like figure out the goaltending and actually start giving Vladar some, some good ice, some, some ice. Yeah. I mean, th- like they're in such a weird spot because like when they lost Kachuk, when they were going to lose, cause Kachuk requested the trade and Hubert and Gaudreau didn't resign. When they had those two guys leaving, right, everyone was kind of like, all right, rebuild time, right? Yep. And they didn't do that. They went and added guys, right? And they made a lot of moves that people liked at the time that were going to help them still be a competitive team. And it just hasn't worked out that way that they're able um, to compete, right? They took They took a big swing on bringing in some new faces to try to keep the franchise steadily going. You hope for some growth from your younger players. And then, you know, you hope that, you know, Kadri and Huberto replace what you've lost to some degree. It just mm-hmm. hasn't worked out that way. And now, like, I I don't know what you do with you, the Flames. I did look it up, by the way. Sutter's extension was two years starting next year. Oh, okay. So, so I'm not even close. No, we were both well off, which is fine. Yeah, well off. Uh, not the first time. No, not But, like, what do you do? Because, like, I think... You have to find a way to get production out of Jonathan Huberto. Because what do you, you, to, to be honest, they they are playing him with uh he's on the line with Kadri and Pelche right now. Yes, they've looked good, but you've got one guy to retrieve the puck on that on that line, and it's the rookie. Like. Realistically, Kadri's probably taking care of the defensive game. Huberto's trying to make the pass, and is getting the puck. It's just not like they've looked good, but it's probably not the balance that you want. And I, I think, I, I don't know how you fix it. I don't know how you jumpstart it. I really don't. Well, I think you like you, you didn't want to look at the coaching position, but I think genuinely, like, and you have to play a different system to get something out of Jonathan Huberto. And you can't move Jonathan Huberto because now he has that big contract. No one's going to take him in a trade. 
nobody's touching that. Right? No one's touching that contract, right, with the way he's uh, produced this season. So at this point, you've committed that much money and that much term to the player. You need to do what you can to get maximum value out of that, to get production out of Jonathan Huberto. And it might take a different coach. It might take different line mates, different players. Who knows? But I don't think they've found the solution. I, I don't think so either. It's it's unfortunate because like Huberto has been is a, is a great great hockey player. Like he's he's got vision. He's got a lot of assets, but it's just not working for him right now in Calgary. No, and like I I wouldn't surprise me if next year was a completely different story. Yeah, it could be but, a one off. But he's gonna like it could be a one off. But he. Like I, I don't know how much pressure there was on him to to produce, you know, in that off season. Like there clearly was. He was coming in, and the Flames were expecting him to be at the level he was the previous season, which was a a career year for for Huberto, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's not working out, and like you have a bad season, and then you go into an off season where your deal kicks in, the pressure is probably going to be higher. Yeah. And that's going to be rough. It's That's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be very interesting. If you were the Flames, like, do you think they should have let him play this season before signing an extension? Because so, yes, you can make a case for yeah, either. Yes. Because I think... If you're the Flames, it's a win-win. Yeah. In the sense that if he's not playing well, if he's at this level, the extension is going to be a bargain. Yeah, like if he if he has the season, and it's not going to be eight, and it's not getting, and it's not not getting ten. He's not getting eight years, and he's not getting ten million. And I think that's that's probably where you want to be with a player of his age. Yeah. Right. You don't want to be paying paying a guy eight million, eight years, ten million a year, for he's thirty one, thirty two. Yeah, he's like, I and and then I think on the upside is if he's like playing unbelievable hockey, then a, you have two options. A. You sign him to maybe an eight year, eleven million deal, but at least you know that he's able to to play in the system. Yeah. Or B, maybe if the team's not doing so well, you can get a freaking haul at the trade deadline. Yeah, you can retain half and you can, his 5.9. You, you can essentially trade Matthew Kachuk twice for even more. Yeah. To me And and that's I I I don't agree with like I I think we talked about this when he signed the extension. It was like not good. Yeah, it was like I, I saw when uh, they were talking about Ryan O'Reilly trade the other day, and Kyle Dubas said, you know, we're not talking extension yet because you want to live with someone first before you decide to get married. And I think that is the correct approach, right? It but definitely on the flip is. Side, though, I actually I get why the Flames do it because the Calgary Flames they lost two their two superstar players in that offseason, Gaudreau and Kachuk, right? They both said, 
I don't want to play here, right? That's what they said. And I think the Flames felt that it was really important that they showed the rest of the league that this is a place players want to play, right? And first of all, I love Calgary. Great city. I would want to play there. Love it. Just saying. But I think they needed to make that statement. If they're, But the reality is the way it's gone with John or Huberto is it's kind of had the adverse effect of now it might scare some players away. Because they're and like, the fan base, like, I don't think the fan base has turned on him. At, like, I, I wouldn't say that, but like, they're not like loving him. They're not in love with him. No, I'm, and they like, they're sense. not popping the question. Like, that's yeah. Like, I think like the organization has signed him to a de- to the deal, but I don't think the the fans have. Yeah, cause, like they went out right. They say you know he, he signs his deal, and it shows that players you know that's a place players will want to sign long term, right? Which is great. Mm-hmm. But then with the way it's gone, now if I'm a player and I'm approaching free agency this offseason, and I'm saying, do I really want to go to a city where it is cold but beautiful and gets a lot of sun? I, this winter has been very mild. We've had we're gonna get very cold in the coming week. It's gonna warm up. It's really I think the winter is overhyped. I not agree. hyped, but like over. People make it out to be a bigger deal than it is. Much much bigger deal. Yeah. And I found too, because like, so I'm obviously I'm in Ontario right now. Um, we like we got a lot of snow like a couple weeks ago, right? But the issue is that like in Calgary when it snows, people like have winter tires on, so they know how to drive in the snow. Mm-hmm. When it snows here, nobody has winter tires on. It's a nightmare. <laughs> it's just like constant like sirens and like fire trucks going by. Like, no <laughs> one knows what they're doing. But like, I was great city. Yeah, but I, that, like, I, uh, to to come back to your point about you know the free agency is they they did sign a free agent to a long term deal this off season. Nazem Kadri. and I'd argue that that's really panning out. Nazem Kadri. Nazem Kadri. Is it panning out? I think so. Is it though? But then, I think okay, so. like, yeah, realistically though, like yeah, I agree. Like if they sign, like they sign Nazem Kadri that deal, then you probably don't need to extend John Huber because there you go, you've shown someone wants to exactly, play. right? But now, like if I'm a free agent, I'm looking at like what's going on with John and the and Calgary, and I'm like, do I really want to go play in a place that's cold, a place where I'm gonna have to play in a system where I'm not gonna be able to produce offensively as much as I would normally, and that's just gonna lead to a bunch of criticism from media, from fans, from everyone, right? Yeah, and you know, I also don't. I I I think the same as is the Panthers to a certain extent, minus the lack of number one defenseman. Is I I think that the the Flames are lacking defensively. They don't have a true number one D. I think Oliver Shillington not being there this year is a huge hit to them. Yeah, I think that's a big blow. I like they have a they have like. Five guys that are top four defensemen and exactly. not one guy that is the guy. You need right? a the guy. Um, I'm looking at, by the way, Nazem Kadri. 41 points, 57 games, minus 11. 11.1% shooting percentage. 32 years old. And this is thriving? Yeah, I, I thought it was better than that. Better than that. So it's like he's not. I wouldn't say he's thriving, but he's not like disastrous. No. But it's. I think they're very similar. Like the. But like because Huberto's 
contract is so big kicking in next year, a lot of the attention goes to him. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Uh, one last thing I did want to mention. We do have an ad read coming up. But I did send a graph to you the other day outlining um, penalties because we were talking lately about how we believe the officiating against the Panthers was unfair, a bit biased. They weren't getting the calls. They were getting a lot of calls against them that seemed a little iffy. Um, and, you know, every fan base does that, right? Every fan base thinks the refs are out to get them. Obviously, there was that great athletic article they did showing how that was the case. But I sent you this graph, and no other team is remotely close to where Florida is on the graph. Of They are taking 4.25 penalties per game. Um, but the penalties against, like, they're, they're, no one's near them. The refs hate them. They sure do. Like, that, that's the reality of it. Um, and it does seem lately. I don't know. You feel, I don't know. I, I don't think they're getting the calls. I, no, it doesn't. Like, and, and you said it. Like, it was like, it took forever for them to get a power plate in today's game against Anaheim. Um, yeah. You're telling me they did nothing wrong for 40 minutes? I don't believe you. I watched the game. It's just, it's frustrating, right? Because, like, like, obviously you don't want it to be a factor, but officiating can win or lose a game. You know what I saw today? And it was like, it was in the Calgary game, actually. Calgary had the net pulled. They were down a goal late in the game. And... I forget who it was on the Flyers. I want to say it was James Van Riemsdyk had a chance to go up the ice with the empty net and ice it. And Jonathan Huberto, it was like, there was like 20 seconds left. Jonathan Huberto hooked him because Jonathan Huberto got beat speed-wise by James Van Riemsdyk. But that sink in. Right? And he hooked him. And they and then the Flames took the puck up the other ice and they almost scored. And it was like, they didn't call it. Remember that Ovechkin hook? Yeah. Oh. That's like the that's like the best example I can think of. Is is there is like you cannot say there is no game management in the NHL. No, I I think I thought actually in the I watched the Boston game again today too. I watched a lot of games. It's been that kind of day. But I was watching the Boston game and they set a standard pretty early on that they were gonna be calling infractions, whether it was like big or small, right? And I think for the most part, they kept that standard up throughout the game, right? Like there was a pretty soft call they made against uh, Boston. And then they made a pretty soft call, I think, against Tim Stutzla. And I was like, all right, well, they set a standard earlier and they're just continuing with that standard. And I think as long as you do that, it's fine because the players know what to expect. Everyone knows what to expect. You can't just call stuff in the first period and then not call the same type of things in the third. It has to be consistent. Exactly. Right, what like, and the standard can be very strict or very lenient. It doesn't matter, but it has to be consistent, and it just isn't, especially for the Panthers. That's the main point. I don't care that much about the other teams. They can get game managed all they want. <laughs> That's fine by me. Um, but yeah, quick ad read from our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer, with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, they are giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. 
You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I'm just processing what I just read there. $1,000 risk-free bet. Seems like an unbelievable deal. I mean... Not even paid to say this, but risk-free. Like, I would just throw it down on, like... An easy win, pocket a couple hundred. Next thing you know, I'm living. You're living. Unbelievable deal. Also, because we didn't, we recorded our last episode before the Super Bowl weekend, by the way. Did you see the kick of destiny at the Super Bowl brought to you by FanDuel? Not I didn't. Destiny. It's like the only, it's the only one I missed. Horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Was it? It was like five seconds. He wasn't at the stadium. He was like in a field somewhere. He kicked it. It looked like it went in. I guess it didn't. They showed one angle. Couldn't see no replay, and then they just cut back to the key. And I was like, "What is this? Terrible!" No kidding, I miss. No wonder I missed it. You were the blink and you miss it. We were all excited. We had the whole family over. You know, everyone's excited. No one cared about the game. It was all about Gronk. And I was like, "What?" I did oh. enjoy that game because the Eagles lost. Yeah, I, 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 you know, the standard at the end of the game though, net with the holding call. What is this? It was. It was a Chiefs win that had Giants written all over it because they had Kadarius Tony do that freaking um, – it's so funny. It's so funny how the world works because – I'll just go on a really quick tangent. Um, the Giants wanted to draft Devontae Smith that the Eagles drafted, but the Eagles drafted, traded up with the fucking Cowboys – so much, so much collusion there. Um, just trying to screw the, the Giants. So the I Giants settled sense. for Kadarius Tony. Tony did nothing for the Giants. They ended up shipping Tony to Kansas City this year for a fourth round pick. Tony is the one who did the uh, punt return that pretty much led to the game winning drive. And then Bradbury, the guy who took the holding penalty, used to be a Giant and signed with the Eagles. So they really did it for you. You really did it for us. I, but yeah, he said, he said, I hold, I held him. You can't argue with that, but you, you can argue that that play would not have been called on a different, a, a different time. In the I game. don't know. I saw like six blocks in the back on that Tony return. That's all I'm saying. I'd be livid. <laughs> I'm on Nick Sirianni. I don't even get to see the end of the game because I've been ejected. Absolutely livid. Um, also, though, I did actually bet, though, on Eagles to win the first half and Chiefs to win the game, so I did make money on that, so it's fine. Excellent. Excellent. Did you have purple as the Gatorade color? No, and that's garbage, and I think collusion. I think that was the most, like, disrespectful thing. It's like being dumped just like, like you know, like great medicine. Yeah, it really is. It just seems so, so unappealing. My thought. And I know I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist here, but I'm 100% right. I think what happened was they weren't drinking that Gatorade. They had it right because Purple had the lowest 
like no one bets on purple to be the Gatorade color. No. And so I'm guessing they just had both teams had a cooler of purple Gatorade. Oh yeah. No one drank it the whole game, and then they're like, "Yeah, eat that one." Who would drink purple Gatorade? No one. No one will win. No. Have you ever seen anyone go into a store and buy a purple Gatorade? You Unless know, it's in one... one of those packs where they force it on you. Yeah, exactly. That's the only situation. No the one variety packs. Yeah. You know what I do when I get the purple? I d- dump it out. Give it to the cat. <laughs> Not worth it. No one drinks purple Gatorade. Anyway, that's the, I was I bet on, I bet on green yellow. That's all I'm gonna say. I find it hard to believe though, that fifty grown adults sat on the sideline playing their hearts out, drinking purple Gatorade. I find it's that hard impossible. to believe. There's no I find way. it hard to believe. But that's a There's story no for another day. Um, back to the Panthers though. Not really the Panthers actually. Some trades going on around the league. Just hockey. Some hockey stuff. Trades going on around the league. Obviously, trade deadline coming up. Lots of things can happen. Two of the big names, though, on the board. We talked about Bo Horvat last time. That's working out terrific for the Islanders. Still in that battle for the wild card spot. Two big names, though, did get moved off the board. Uh, we'll go with the first one. Vladimir Tarasenko getting shipped off to the New York Rangers. What do you make of the move? You a fan? I like the like I like the move. I think, you know, it, it sounded like that's where Tarasenko wanted to go. And um, they got, yeah, they got Panera in there. Doug, is that Armstrong's first name? Doug Armstrong? Yeah, I love yeah. Doug Armstrong. Yeah, it, it sounded well. like like he really tried to facilitate that. So, so good on him there. Um, I like the return. I think it was fair. I, I know you're a big Sammy Blay fan. What, and your jersey. That's the now- thing. I was. When I first saw the trade, my first reaction was, I'm the only person in the world who owns a Sammy Blay jersey. I'm convinced of it. I have his Blues reverse retro. So I was so excited that he got traded back there. And I was like, yes, my jersey is finally going to make sense again. And then I remembered that Pitlick wears number nine on the Blues. And so Sammy Blay now has to wear 79. And so my jersey's just nonsense still. No! So oh, I was, I, they should have they should have they should have thrown Pitlick in the deal. Like, that would have made sense. Um, yeah, I like. I honestly don't think the Rangers gave up like a lot. Like, no, yeah, no, and you know, I want to know what the Rangers have been rolling. Yeah, like they gave up like a they give they give a first, Sammy Play who really had done nothing for them, but is an excellent player as we all know. Hunter Skinner, who's like, eh. As a prospect, he's fine. It's not like it's not a blue chip prospect. And the means. Rangers also got that defenseman. The uh, is he Finnish? Yeah, Nico Mikula. He is huge. Like I thought that was just a great deal for for like. It like sucks because obviously like like you know you know they're in the fight, but you know, I I think it's a good a good ad for the Rangers. Yeah, I thought I thought that was really good because I I like. I like the Rangers D like I the Rangers probably didn't really need that much more. They just needed more depth. And I think they they kind of get that with the two players they got. Could you imagine how good the Rangers could be if they could even hit on like one of their first round picks? Just imagine. Just imagine. Like one of those guys develops into like a top six player. If Kako or Lafreniere could like like m- minusculely rise up to their potential. Right, like, 
like think about it like this is a friend first of all they've done a great job with the rebuild you got to give them credit but they've done a great job with the rebuild in spite of their drafting exactly i not seen like they just had a bunch of guys who wanted to come to new york which like why traffic <laughs> but like yeah like lafreniere not really doing it brayden schneider yeah. we we know what we think of brayden schneider capo caco eh. Kravtsov, nothing. Leah Sanderson, not there. Philip Heedle, like that's it. Uh, Conjure Miller, I guess, is very good. I like Conjure Miller. Yeah, yeah Conjure Miller's good. I guess Philip Heedle's been fine. But, like, come on. Like, you've had two top three picks in, like, the last, like, four years, five years. Come on. But I, I do like it a lot for the Rangers. Yeah. I think it, it gives them the boost they needed. I think they were a good team before. But I don't think they were contenders. I think you could probably say, you know, they're not favorites by any means, but now they're in the mix. You know, you know I, I think that with a goalie like Shishurkin, if he gets hot at the right time, anything can happen. I know. And then maybe one of those picks can just do something. Like, that's the other thing. You have to factor into this trade, too. It's like they gave up their first round pick. But they weren't going to take someone good with it anyway. They were going to screw it up anyways. Yeah, like so they've lost nothing really. They've lost Sammy Blay. Exactly. I mean, the, no, like I I really I and I wouldn't be like I wouldn't be surprised if they got a significant discount just because Tarasenko said that that's where he wanted to go. Um but I, like I I like I really like the deal and I think for for St. Louis you're you're making Tarasenko happy and I think you know the rest of the league sees that and I I think it goes a long way. I, I like it. I like it for both teams. I also think, like, St. Louis, like, the reality is that they've been, you know, obviously they won a Stanley Cup, right, and they were contenders for a long, long time. I think sometimes when teams are contenders for a long time, they kind of hold on to their, their pieces a bit too long, right? And they're like, mm -hmm. no, nah, like, one last shot with the guys, right? And I think St. Louis has, I think, realized that they don't have what it takes to be, you know, a top, top team. And I think they picked the right time to try to, like, sell off pieces and rebuild. Mm -hmm. Because they have some really good young players with Jordan Cairo, with Jake Neighbors, with Robert Thomas. They have some re a really good foundation with those young players. And the guys that, you know, were core pieces for them for a long time still have some value, as we'll talk about in a minute with another one of the trades they made. Um. So I think they've done a really good job of timing it, and they still have more pieces they can ship off, and they like they're they're and they got good prospects. Like they, I think they picked the perfect time to to kind of tear it down. I I think so too. I I think you know it's just it's very smart by Doug Armstrong. They're Doug Armstrong. Like they're they're doing it properly. I think they they yeah. won their cup. Like they they won their cup with that with that group and that's just it's time to it's time to move on and you're not dwelling on the past and you're you're getting return for those assets at the right time probably yeah like i think you come to the realization you've won a stanley cup and i think you realize the only way to win another stanley cup anytime in the near future is by doing this i i, I like i like it i really really do i yeah. i wish more teams would take bigger risks by trading bigger assets to kind of think about their future. And I always, I always use the example of the NBA, like, and, and we saw it at the deadline, how many, like, how many, like 
like franchise names got traded at the NBA deadline this year. It's like, nuts. It, it's nuts, but like it's it's a I like it. I really do. I think it shows that teams are actively like they're they're paying the price to get better and I and and to win and it means something and it I I really really like it and I wish more NHL teams would do it. Yeah, I completely agree and I think yeah, I think it's really smart by St. Louis. Like I think if you look at like Chicago. Chicago held on to all their guys way too long. Right? You think? Like now they're like obviously Jonathan Taves is not going to play this year, so he's not going to get traded, and, right? And no, like and and what the the the, the Blackhawks did was so stupid because they they traded their young guy. Young guys, yeah, they just moved them. Like, and I think Kirby Doc was really starting to heat up with, with the with the Habs. DeBrincat, I think, is been doing okay in Ottawa. Yeah, he's been doing all right ish. Like I and I, I they're not going to move him at the deadline. I don't think. I, yeah, well, I, I think I heard that, but I think Dorian they did that because they got to a point where it's like Kane and Taves don't really have a ton of value anymore. Um, Duncan Keith didn't really have a ton of value when they moved him. Brent Seabrook just straight up retired. Like they they waited too long to move on from these guys. One million right? percent. If you move on from your and I get it, like it's a dynasty. You won three cups, right? They're they're your franchise, right? But, but at a certain point. You gotta move on, right? And let's not forget they were with the organization in, in like some high points on the ice, but some really low points off the ice. Yeah, but even we can't if, forget about that. Oh yeah, but like, even before that became like public, because I think like three, four years ago, you should have moved on from these guys. Yeah, reality. Like if you trade Patrick Kane three, four years ago, you're gonna get some value. John and the Taves, same thing. Duncan Keith, same thing. And then you have you still have to bring it, Doc, like. You have, guys and then you build around those guys. Doc only ever played like on the fourth line when he was in Chicago. Yeah, so to me, it's just like I'm glad St. Louis didn't do that for their sake. Yeah, exactly, one hundred percent. Like realistically, they probably could have traded Tarasenko a year ago, but he had all that shoulder and that right. It was his shoulder. Yeah, like he did want to like, trade. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That there was there was it was there were key variables. Yeah, like yeah, obviously, yeah, other stuff did factor into it. Um, but again, on the Blues, they made another move. This time, sending someone to a division rival, the Toronto Maple Leafs, have added Ryan O'Reilly in exchange for Mikhail Abramov, Adam Gaudet, a first rounder, a third rounder, a second rounder, and then Toronto also gave up a fourth rounder so that Minnesota could facilitate the move. What do you think of this move? And now I'm biased because I hate the Leafs. Well, doesn't um, everyone who's not a Leafs fan, right? Like they kind of suck. But I didn't like it. I thought, like, I liked the Ryan O'Reilly edition, but I I thought it was expensive. I thought, I thought it, was, it was really expensive. I thought it was very expensive, but at the same time, they lost no one from their roster and. I agree with the mindset of those picks don't matter because you're in your window to win now. And like, I get that, but, and I, I can't like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like there's just one thing that keeps gnawing at me that I can't forget. It's the fact that Ryan O'Reilly five years ago was traded for the exact same return yeah. when he was in his prime. 
Yeah. And that that's what I don't get. I don't get how you can justify trading him for the like trading the exact same assets for a shell of what the player was five years ago. Yeah, like I I and, I, get, and I, I I don't get that. No, and I get why, like, I know a lot of Leafs fans are very happy with the move because again, you don't care about the picks. And I agree with that. You shouldn't care about the pick, right? No, you shouldn't. You should right? I just think they could have gotten more. I just think like Ryan O'Reilly at this stage of his career, you know, it's a brand name player. It's a guy who's won a cup as a captain. Not a captain. He wasn't the captain then. But he won a cup, right? No, like, Tarantula was the captain. Yeah, right? yeah, I realized yeah. that after I said it. No, um, no, I, I, like, had you not caught yourself, I wouldn't have said anything. No, but I, I, but I caught myself. So I it's all good. It's all, all right, we're good. <laughs> um, but Ryan O'Reilly, like, I, he's still like a good enough NHL player, right? He's still gonna help them. He makes them a better team. But they did give up, I think, a lot for him. I think again, my mind, the mindset always is: if you win the cup, I don't care what you give up. You won, right? Doesn't matter. But at the same time, is you also have to look at it as you gave up a lot of assets for Ryan O'Reilly, and you also have to look at now you can't use that assets to add someone else. And I don't know if Ryan O'Reilly's the player I would have gone for. And right? and that's that's the thing for me is if I'm the Leafs, what do I need? Not another forward, a goalie, or a defenseman. No, not even that. You just need you just need guys to do it in the playoffs, right? Right, like, but like, to me, it looks like they're just they're adding forward depth. They're going to try and outscore their opponent. Yeah. If if a single person tells me they have any sort of confidence in the current state of the Leafs goaltending in the playoffs, I'd laugh in their face. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, Matt Murray is started off good and then got injured and has just either been bad or injured since then. Samsonov's just up and down all the time. And then you've got Shalgren and Wall, who are AHL goalies. Yeah. It's not like, great. I I find it hard to believe that you can justify spending those assets on a on two forwards, and not a goaltender or somebody to at least help your goaltender, aka defense. Yeah, like I think it is one of those deals where it's like, it'll please a lot a wide variety of Leafs fans because for the old school fans they get a guy with a cup which is very important to them and they get a guy who's well known and well known. It's the brand name, right? A two way player. And for yeah. the other fans, you know, they do get a guy who's still, I think, a positive player on the ice. But using that mentality of you don't care about the picks, you need something that helps you now, not in five years. If on the Leafs, I'm thinking, why don't I just give up Nick Robertson, Matt Nyes, not both of them, one of them maybe, mm-hmm. and something else, and what else, and go get Timo Meyer? Why don't I do that? Why don't I really, really go for it? Like, if, if you're actually going for it, actually go for it. Don't go for Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, like, I would have really... I would have gone for something more important. Not to say Ryan O'Reilly is not important, but I would have gone for, like, a Chitrin or a Meyer. It, so, so at the end of the day, it's not that I, I dislike the move. It's that I feel like there were so many better moves to be made instead. Yeah, like, I don't know. It well, like we'll see how it turns out for them, but I really the the indicator is going to be how far they go in the playoffs if they win the if they win against Tampa. 
yeah and that, that is that is every year right that's how it always will be is it exactly the regular season does not count for them because they are going to be a good team in the regular season but can they get it done when it matters i don't know maybe hopefully i mean hopefully not i don't care about them but we will see um we were both looking before this episode at the tsn trade bait list um if you're the panthers are you looking to buy sell and there's not a lot of room to do much of either yeah, it's uh, it's tough. I don't know. I'm just trying to like, I'm probably just taking a step back. I'm I'm not making any calls, but I'm making sure my lines are open. And if somebody somebody has a proposition, I'm I'm all ears. I think but, that's where I'm coming from for this deadline. Yeah, it's really tough because like you see what New York did. Like New York's kind of been a similar the Islanders. I mean, uh, are a similar place to the Panthers standings wise, right? And they went out and they made a big move to get Bo Horvat, right? They were like, there they are. We want to get in, right? Fair enough. Would you like that? That is one direction the Panthers could go. The other direction is move some guys and, you know, kind of just punt on the season, recoup some assets you've lost on other trades. Like, there's a lot of directions you can go with it. There are. Um, are there any names, though, of interest to you for the Panthers? Anyone on that list that really they speak to you is like a this guy could be of use. Like obviously, if like the the problem is like yes, but I'm just I'm not seeing anybody that the Panthers can actually afford. Yeah, and uh, you know, like a guy like Jacob Chikrin could be a huge asset for the Panthers for a few years to come. He's got two years left after this. But they have but nothing there's to acquire no him. chance. There's the Panthers just don't have any assets to pay for him. Yeah, and that like that is the issue. Is that they don't have the assets to really go and get a big name. There are, I do believe, maybe a couple value adds or gambles they could take that might not they might pay off this year, but they might pay off in future years. Like just a couple guys on the cheaper, younger side they could look to add. Um, like, what would you think about Vitaly Kravtsov from the Rangers? I would love that, and it, it sounds like the Rangers are ready to to part ways with him and and kind of give him a second chance elsewhere. Um, I, I've all like we've always been a fan of these low risk, high reward ads. Yeah, like, know, if, like the, if the cost isn't high to add Vitaly Kravtsov, like I am definitely interested. Nothing against the cap, you might as well go for it, right? You've got to be interested, yeah. Like, you would have to be interested in that. Um, if you were looking to add a defenseman, there's not a ton of, like, really nice, nice options out there. I'm looking at the list, like, because you're not going to, you're not, you're not in the mix for a Chitrin or a, a Carlson, two guys that are kind of rumored to be out there. Yeah, you're probably not going for Jake McCabe either. Yeah. I will uh, mention, I want to mention too, because we haven't mentioned it enough, I think. E2 Loose Ryan, it's been fantastic this year. He has. He, we have not given got, the guy his dues. He's been unbelievable. Got, he got stepping up when guys are hurt. Precious overtime minutes uh, against uh, the Ducks today. Um, he, he's been he's been good. He's been just a really good Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Um, what about like maybe Andrew Peak from Columbus? I mean, we know Bill Zito loves his Columbus guys. Right, and he's got some size. He's got a bit of sandpaper to him. 
but again, I, I doubt that's that's somebody you can necessarily really afford if you're the Panthers. Yeah, like yeah, have and, to and, and I out. like I I don't know if he's that big of a of of a help. Like I I don't know. Like obviously he is, like given what we have currently, but like I, I don't know if he'd be the I don't know I'd be be trying to give up assets for him. Yeah, like it it's tough because like if they're gonna add a it probably should be a defenseman and there really isn't yeah. any out there. Um if they're looking for a forward, an addition I would like would be Sam Lafferty from Chicago. He makes like just over a million. He has one more year left after this. That might be something I would consider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he can been... kill penalties. He can do a lot for your team. He's versatile, mm-hmm. Swiss Army knife type player. But but again, I I think those those like the the Panthers are just gonna get outbid. Oh, they probably would realistically, right? unless like the market, unless no one wants them. Exactly. But that would be like it's got to be someone cheap, and it, you got to kind of take a swing. Like, like, if I was saying who's the most likely player the Panthers add, Luke Shen, realistically. Because yeah, that's maybe. The, I mean, I, he is the the NHL leader in hits. Like, if I'm thinking who who does who would Bill Zito? I'm thinking it's Luke Shen. Like, I wouldn't do it. No. But based on the cost, shoot, he's right. He's right-handed, Mark Stahl. Yeah. That's just um. One player on the list, though, there's – I'm not going to list them all. There's 35 players. One player you think will get moved before the deadline and one player you think does not get moved. Um, I know people listening can't see the list, but the usual suspects. The usual suspects. Um, I Well, I, I, I was surprised when I saw his name on here. I don't think Colton Pareko gets moved. Okay. I, I don't think that's happening. Um, and like I kind of want to say that I I don't think Eric Carlson gets moved either. Really? Yeah. I I just I think that that's just gonna get too tricky with the cap situation. But who do you think's getting moved? So I I think I think it's time. Patrick Kane. I've been going back and forth, but I think, I think it's time. How is that any different than Carlson when it comes to making the money work? Because Carlson has four years left after this season. I mean, who cares? Because nobody, I don't think San Jose's. I don't think it's worth it for San Jose to retain salary on Carlson. No, I you know, not at all. Because really, retaining what retaining salary means is you're paying the guy not to. to you're paying the guy to play against. Yeah, you also have to remember, like, so, like, for example, Minnesota retained on Ryan O'Reilly, right? But they, they retained, like, it was, like... 25%. Yeah, 1. 25 million. Yeah, 1. but... 1.2, something But that's like not that. how much, they, like, he's actually making. Right. It's, like, a couple hundred thousand. It's just what it means on the cap. Yeah, exactly. And they and they have the room to make that work this year. Yeah. Whereas Eric Carlson's actually owed, like, a good amount of money. I didn't even realize that. Oh yeah, sorry. That's like that's the other thing. Like it's not like it's just a cap number for a team that's going to be bad for the next four years, like in Arizona. Like they actually have to pay the money. I think the two obvious one the obvious ones that get moved are Chikrin and Gavrikov. Okay. 
like those two guys are gone no matter what. Yeah. Um, you can't you can't sit guys for trade related reasons and then not not trade them. I don't think that's you would look like the biggest idiot on the face of the earth. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you're literally like it it would just be a an obvious, obvious, obvious um indication that you're tanking. And according yeah. to Gary Bettman, NHL teams don't do that. No, they don't. Um, I'm going to say one guy that I think does get moved. I'm looking at the list, and I'm really struggling with this, to be honest. I know, right? It actually is a lot harder, and we're usually wrong. Um, yeah. There's 35 names, by the way, but like half of them like have already been traded or like, are not eligible to be traded, so that's fantastic from TSN. Yeah. Um, I will say one player that will be traded. I'm going to go with... A couple. Why would what? That makes no sense. Why this guy's on here? Um, I think Jake McCabe gets traded. Yeah, I think Chicago retains, and I think they trade him. They retain, eh? Yeah, yeah. I think interesting they, for two years. Why not? They got money. Um, yeah, I think you know I I could see a team going for trading for Gostas Bear. Yeah, I could see it too. But I, I, I <laughs> Arizona's gonna retain undoubtedly for for on that. Like that's, I think that's like no matter what. Um, and I could also see nobody trading for Gustav Nyquist. You don't think anyone wants the goose? The goose is loose. I I know the goose is loose, but I I think there are better ads for better value that'll help you in the playoffs. But what yeah. if it gets down to it and no one, no, no one's, no one's picked them up yet, and he's just there. Well, you might have. And you to need something, you know, you know, you know, it's like musical cheers. Um, <laughs> one guy, I think there's absolutely zero chance this guy gets moved. I would actually put first of all, and this isn't what the player was thinking, but why is Carson Susi on here from Seattle? Like Seattle's in like playoffs. It makes no. I I I don't even know who comes up with this. I, By the I way, TSN, this trade bait list was formatted horrendously on the website somebody fix it it's super narrow yeah it looks like it was definitely meant for the phone but that's fine <laughs> you know they're doing their best out here uh, one guy i think there's no chance he get moves sean monahan yeah i you know and i i think you can add joel edmondson to that conversation i i read something on twitter um i either today or yesterday since january 24th that joel edmondson has been day to day yeah now I am no math expert. You know, we both studied sport management. Um, but day to day typically means soon. More or less soon, not three weeks. Yeah. And yeah, Sean Monahan, it's just an enormous mystery as to what's going on there. Um, I I am excited. I, I wonder who's gonna be giving him a contract this offseason. Because I, I do think he'll find a spot, uh, but I, I wonder who's going to give him a contract and for how much. Yeah, my thing is like I think Joel Edmondson, if he was like, if he gets healthy, I think teams are interested in a Joel Edmondson type player for the playoffs. Definitely. But like Sean Monahan, the fact that he's never healthy and he's not really a playoff guy. And even if Montreal retains, he's still going to be. You're still going to be pay. You're still going to need to have three million dollars of cap room on your. No, nah, no, nah, you facilitate. Now it's one point seven. <laughs> Sean Mon. 
Sean, and, and it's actually zero. Sean Monahan's going to go through like a six-team trade. And it's actually, you're forgetting, it's actually zero on the cap because he's just going to end up on LTIR. <laughs> like, that's really it. Do you think, do you think oh. Brock Besser gets moved? I don't know. I feel like... I feel like it's all smokescreen. I feel like if he was going to get moved, it would be to, like, Minnesota, and Minnesota doesn't have the room to do it anymore. Yeah. So... I could see him staying. Have you know? Vancouver's nice. By the way, I I don't think Minnesota has any expectations for this season, like playoff wise. I think they're just like just given the this their salary cap situation with the the buy the buy. They kind of they have to let it ride this year. They're going to let it ride, but I I do think they're in a good position. Uh, looking at the future. Yeah, but for this season, it's you got to let it ride. Yeah, and I I think Bill Guerin's a a smart guy, and uh, he's good about that. I do think somebody will go out and get uh, Vijmelka from Arizona, though. Yeah, I like Vimelka. I think he's a solid goalie. I think a Vimelka? team that I think a team that wants a little more insurance there could be the yeah. Leafs. Would look I mean, up. see, like that's a guy that you know maybe that second round pick could have gone to Arizona for him. Yeah, no, there's like a couple teams I think that should be probably teams that are they just need a little insurance in net. Yeah, and there was there was those rumors that Chikrin and Vimelka were gonna go to the Kings as yeah. part of a deal. And I think that would have been good, but uh, that would have been a good deal evidently that fell through. Um so yeah, no, I think there's some really interesting names on this board, but it's it's tough to say for sure. Sh- like it's easy for me to say, yeah, these guys are not getting moved. I'm having trouble saying these guys are for sure getting moved. Yeah, I'm having a real tough time because I don't know like they're like the way the league's set up, the salary cap's so tight, it makes a lot of guys hard to acquire. Exactly. Uh, but we'll see. Still a couple weeks left before the deadline. Um, last thing here before we sign off to this one, because I said it before, we're doing our new weekly feature of Hall of Fame or not. This <laughs> week's player is Eric Stahl. Um, yes. Why? Like, first of all, like just the the, the games played. Like, I, I'm just I'm pulling up his totals here. Um, um, let me while you're doing that, I'm gonna read off just some of his awards and accomplishments. Bunch of NHL All Stars. He's a Stanley Cup in 2006 All Star Game MVP. EA Sports Cover Athlete 2008. He's got a World Championship gold and Olympic gold. He was a longtime NHL captain, and he's like up there in terms of. Uh, NHL points. I'll pull that up. Um, okay, I just found it. Uh, he has played 1,343 games. He has over 1,000 points. Um, he's not going to get to the 500 goal mark, unfortunately. He's a 452. Um, he could. The way he's putting them in right now. But, you know, like, yeah, he's... Is, did, does he have a world junior? Did you say world junior? Uh, he has a world junior and a world championship. No, he doesn't have a world junior. Okay, he has so a he's world not championship a... and an Olympic. Yeah. So yeah, I think like I I think with the cup, the Olympics, world championship, games played, points. I think on that alone, like I think he's a shoe in. Um, at, at at worst, a second ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I I agree. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's a shoe in. Just looking at 
you know, like he's a player to me who had like a good amount of consistency in his career, but nothing that really like he didn't have like a, any like crazy, crazy years. Can we just talk about a guy who peaked so early in his career? Eric Stahl? Yeah. Yeah, like it was nuts. His best career season was his second season in yeah, the NHL. Nuts. He also has the, the record. The year for, they won the cup. Yeah, it also holds the record for longest time between 40 goal seasons. I did not know this. Yeah, because he scored uh, 40 in 08, 09, and then he scored 40 in 2017, 2018. I remember that with Minnesota. Yes. Fun fact, Eric Stahl. I agree. Hall of Famer for me, though. Again, like you said, not not first ballot. I don't think. No. But yeah. But I I, I do think second ballot for sure. Yeah, he'll get in eventually. He has to, yeah. right? Panthers legend. Does he go into the hall wearing a Panthers jersey? Like, does yeah. he go in as a Panther? I I'm on Hockey DB right now on his. He does not. Well, uh, yeah, I do. Th- yeah, I it's do his, think he it's goes his choice. in. I, oh no 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 he's going in with a Hurricanes jersey. Um, I was gonna say I, I thought you were talking about like if he finishes his NHL career with the Panthers. No no so. it's like when they when they have like the plaque like you can pick what team. Yeah you yeah, want yeah to I know I I just I I thought you were asking. No it's because uh Vancouver fans were really pissed that Roberto Luongo chose the Panthers for his right and they're like that's why he didn't get his jersey retired and they put well, him I remember when. Honor. Vlad Guerrero went into the Baseball Hall of Fame wearing Angels stuff, or with an Angels cap, and people were pissed that he wasn't wearing an Expos cap. Um, yeah, I was devastated. I remember. But just quick fun fact before we go, um, they the, they have like a similar players, like option and on Hockey DB, and they, like the the related one is just the similar player to Eric Stahl is just not it. That's just Wait. not it. They're oh, like I see. I see. <laughs> I think they and might it's like, I get. I get that it's based on the name, but like, I I doubt that that's who people were looking for. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's it. Yeah, yeah. I think they might have missed the mark on that one. Yeah, <sighs> good effort. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that does it for this week's episode. Thank you so much to everyone tuning and listening. We'll be back next week, brand new episode. We'll see you all then. Back on top.